Thank you, Tim. Uh, turn to Genesis. <laughs> Since we're going to be in Exodus, we're going to turn to Genesis 35. Genesis 35. And uh, <clears throat> when Belta was in Bible school, they uh, told her, and it's so true, that repetition is theological mucilage. Now, you know what mucilage is. Now, the younger crowd might not know what mucilage is. But anyway, repetition, repetition is theological glue. So the more it's repeated. So we're going to repeat a little bit this morning just to, to show. Because we talked last week about <clears throat> uh, Moses and the Israelites and what he was trying to do. It was just, it was strange. Because... All they had been promised up to this point was some land. So turn to Exodus 35, and we'll see a little bit there, and then we'll Genesis 35. I'm sorry, and then we'll go, then we'll go to Exodus chapter six, Genesis 35. Let's begin reading at verse one. Then God said to Jacob, Arise and go to, to Bethel and live there. Make a altar to the Lord who appeared to you when you fled from your brother Esau. So Jacob said to his household and all that were with him, put away the foreign gods which are among you. Purify yourselves, put on your garments. Let us arise and go to Bethel, and I will make an altar there to God who has answered me in the day of my distress and has been with me wherever I have gone. So Jacob, excuse me, so they gave to Jacob the foreign gods which they had and the rings which were in their ears, and Jacob hid them under the oak at Shechem. As they journeyed there, there was a great terror among the cities which were around them, and they did not pursue the sons of Jacob. So Jacob came to Luz, that is Bethel, which is in the land of Canaan, and he and all the people who were with him there. And he built an altar there and called the, Lord, the place El Bethel because there God had revealed himself to him when he fled from his brother. Now Deborah, Rebekah's nurse, died, and she was buried below uh, Bethel, Bethel under the tree. <clears throat> Verse 9. Then God appeared to Jacob again and said, He came from uh, Padam Aram, and he blessed him. And he said to him, Your name is Jacob, but you shall no longer be Jacob, but Israel shall be your name. Thus he called him Israel. God said to him, I am God Almighty. Be fruitful and multiply. A nation and a company of nations shall come from you. And the king shall come forth from you, and the land which I gave to Abraham and Isaac I will give to you, and I will give the land to your descendants after you. <clears throat> That's the last time bef before the story of Jacob, like we went through, uh, excuse me, the story of Joseph, like we went through here as a, as a, uh, a preface to, to Exodus. So... At the burning bush, God says, I want you to, to, to go and deliver my people because I've, I've, heard, I've heard from them. 
and and I I want I I want to uh, to, um, to 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 um, honor my covenant with him. And so um, verse 10 of chapter 3 of Exodus, Therefore come now, and I will send you to Pharaoh, so that you may bring my people, the sons of Israel, out of Egypt. And you know the rest of the story up to this point where um, he met the Lord at the, at the uh, burning bush, and God says, I am who I am. And he says, I want you to go. And then the excuses started going. He says, I, I can't talk, Lord. I, I, can't, I can't do this. And so last week we looked <clears throat> at chapter 6. And let's go there real quick. And we'll do some back, a little backing up. Verse 7 of chapter 6. Verse 7 of chapter 6. And <clears throat> then I will take for you my people... And I will be your God, and you shall know that I am the Lord your God, who brought you out from under the burdens of the Egyptian. I will bring you to the land which I swore to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and I will give it to you for a possession, for I am the Lord. So, <clears throat> we'll last uh, verse of chapter 6, verse 30. But Moses said to the Lord, Behold, I am unskilled in speech. How will Pharaoh listen to me? So we pick up in chapter 7 this morning, uh, verse 1, and he says, And the Lord said to Pharaoh, See, uh, <clears throat> I make you as a god to Pharaoh, and your brother Aaron shall be your prophet. And you shall speak all that I command you, and your brother Aaron shall speak to Pharaoh, and he and he, that he let the sons of Israel go out of his land. But I will harden Pharaoh's heart, and I will multiply my signs and wonders in the land of Egypt. When Pharaoh does not listen to you, then I will lay my hand on Egypt and bring out my host, my people, and the sons of Israel from the land of Egypt by great judgments. Verse 5, the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord when I stretch out my hand on Egypt and bring the sons of Israel from their midst. So Moses and Aaron did as the Lord commanded them, thus they did. Verse 7, Moses was 80 years old and Aaron was 83 when he spoke to Pharaoh. Back to verse 8. And the Lord spoke to Mo, Moses and Aaron and saying, When Pharaoh speaks to you, work a miracle. I think we read that. All right. So Moses and Aaron came to Pharaoh, verse 10, and they did just as the Lord had commanded. And Aaron threw his staff down before Pharaoh and his servants, and it became a serpent. When Pharaoh called for the wise men and the sorcerers, uh, they also, the magicians of Egypt, did... <coughs> uh, the same with their secret arts. For each one threw down his staff, and they turned into serpents. But Aaron's staff swallowed up their staffs. Yet Pharaoh's heart was hardened, and he did not listen to them as the Lord had said. Okay. <clears throat> now, with verse 14, we, we're starting to see the plagues. Now, look at this piece of paper I, I gave you, and uh, <clears throat> we'll, we'll talk about talk about this there were 10 10 plagues 
that happened that are that we have in Exodus 7 through 11. Uh, we start off with uh, the Nile turning into blood, frogs, gnats, flies, the death of livestock, boils, hail, locusts, darkness, and the death of firstborn. And we'll we'll see we'll see the warnings as they gave and this thing of staff. <laughs> And, and, you know, Moses said, I can't talk. And God said, well, you, Aaron can talk, and he's going to do it. Well, Aaron, Aaron did the first three of the plagues, and then the rest of the time, Moses took off. And when they crossed the, the Red Sea, we don't hear much about Moses, uh, Aaron anymore. But <clears throat> these plagues, according to people who study these things, um, happened over a period of about nine months. And they're basing it on um, geography and climate. And let me read you what uh, <clears throat> one commentary says. The 10 plagues have occurred over a period of nine months. The first occurred when the Nile rises in July and August. The seventh was in January with when the barley ripens and the flax, flax, flax blossoms. Um, the prevailing wind of the east is in March or April and that would have brought the locusts and then the, uh, the 10th plague occurred uh, in April or Passover as we know it today. Uh, it com conforms to our Easter. So uh, <clears throat> this was a, a nine month period and it, ga it gave Moses some teaching time to, to, to work with the children of Israel because, again, uh, they, they were basically um, spiritually babies or, or less than that. They were just, they didn't know anything about the Lord. Uh, they knew uh, they had had no worship. They had no, no, all these things are coming in the subsequent chapters, but at this point, um, they were just a, a group of people that were leaving Egypt, which is a high watermark for the, f for the Jews. Crossing the Red Sea is a high watermark for them. And they, they were taught never to forget it, and they, they haven't. That's like the Holocaust. You will never, ever forget about the Holocaust. The Jews will remind you of what it is, and it's, it's something we don't need to forget. But they're going to be sure you never forget it because it's very important to them. Uh, <clears throat> so the, the plagues are started here, and there was, there was a plague and there was a warning. Uh, uh, they warned Pharaoh that this was going to happen. Maybe they did. We have three cases here that they didn't have any warning. It just happened. And then Pharaoh's response, um, they were, they, he was just, the Lord hardened his heart like Scripture says he was going to do, and that was it. Now, the plagues, uh, you can, we can get real deep in the plagues if you want to, but I, I'm choosing not to. <laughs> I'm going to just going to take scripture as it is, but there's a lot that that the Lord um, chose these things because in Egypt there were many many gods. Uh, 
many gods, and, and every one of the plagues pointed to one of their gods that was deficient. Um, the Nile being the Nile, we were taught in elementary school about the Nile overflowing and becoming fertile in the fields around, and the Nile was precious to the people in Egypt, and it was very important. So the first plague uh, was, it had to do with the Nile. And there's a god there, a bull god, uh, the god of the, the Nile. And then frogs, there's a goddess of birth that had a frog head. Uh, the gnats was the god of the desert. The flies, the god of the sun, which was represented by a fly. The death of livestock was, had a bull symbol again and a symbol of fertility. The balls was uh, um, a symbol of, uh, of, God's, of uh, the goddess of healing. Uh, hail, uh, the crops of fertility and the sky goddess. Uh, also was the locust, which was a, uh, the sky goddess and also the god of crops. The darkness, they had a god of the sun. And then the death of the firstborn, they had a god of uh, reproduction and a god that attended to women in childbirth. And uh, so all of these, all these plagues that we're going to see in, in a little bit was um, God uh, saying, I'm greater than your gods in Egypt. And that's what he told them. He says, I'm going to make myself strong, and I want the Egyptians to know who I am. Also, let Israel know who he is because we have, we have times where, where uh, for instance, um, several places in here uh, where they had a, a plague. Uh, for, for instance, the death of the livestock. All the livestock in Egypt died, you know, camels, horses, donkeys, everything else. But the land of Goshen, we talked about the land of Goshen. That's where the Israelites were. They didn't lose a calf. They didn't lose anything. And, and it was a sign again unto the Israelites how strong their Lord was. And little by little, they were getting more faith in Moses and in Aaron as they were fixing to depart the, the, the land that they had been in captured or in captivity to for these 430 years. Again, that was a promise that God told Abraham, you're going to be in another country in slavery for 430 years. And it was 436 years to the day, according to Scripture, when they left and, and uh, made their way across the Red Sea in, into um, the wilderness um, that, that, that they started their journey. Okay, with that, let's pick back up with uh, verse 14 of chapter 7. And uh, when the Lord said to Moses, Pharaoh's heart is stubborn, he refuses to let the people go. So Pharaoh, in the morning, as he's going out to the water, station yourself and meet him on the bank of the Nile. And you shall take your hand, the staff which was turned into a serpent. You shall say to him, The Lord, the God of the Hebrews, sent me to you, saying, Let my people go 
that they may serve you in the wilderness. But behold, you have not listened until, until now. Thus says the Lord, By this you shall know that I am the Lord. Behold, I will strike the water that is in the Nile with the staff that is in my hand, and it will turn to blood. That's the first mention of what, what uh, this plague is going to be. The Nile is going to turn to blood. Verse 18, And the fish that are in the Nile will die, and the Nile will become foul, and the Egyptians will find difficulty in drinking water from the Nile. Then the Lord said to Moses, Say to Aaron, Take your staff and stretch out your hand over the water uh, of Egypt over their rivers and over their streams and over all their pools and over all their reservoirs of water, that they may become blood. And there will be blood throughout the land, both in the vessels of wood and in the vessels of stone. Now this is God talking to Abraham and, excuse me, to Moses and to Aaron at this point. So verse 20 says, they put it into practice. Verse 20, so Moses and Aaron did even as the Lord had commanded, and he lifted up his staff and struck the water that was in the Nile in the sight of Pharaoh and in the sight of his servants, and all the water that was in the Nile was turned to blood. The fish that were in the Nile died, and the Nile became foul, so that the Egyptians could not drink water from the Nile, and the blood was through all the land of Egypt. But the magicians and of Egypt did the same with their secret arts, and Pharaoh's heart was hardened, and he did not listen to them, as the Lord had said. Then the Lord turned and went into his house with no concern even for this. So all the Egyptians dug around the Nile for water to drink, and they could not drink the water of the Nile. Seven days passed after the Lord had struck the Nile. So <clears throat> we, have, we have this particular story. Uh, now, again, we have the magicians doing their magic as they did with the serpents. Uh, Aaron's staff that became a serpent ate the, sta the, sta the snakes that were uh, of the magicians. In this particular case, they mimic the water, <clears throat> the uh, turning water to blood. <clears throat> One commentator I read from this week says, if the Egyptians wanted to really make a difference, if, if they really wanted to make a difference, they could have turned the water back, uh, the blood back to water. But they couldn't do that. And it was, it was magic. And we'll quickly see that the magicians were one of the ones that told, told Pharaoh, this is of God. You know, this is not, this is not something we can replicate. This is, this is of God. So the first one we have here is, is the, um, the, the water turning in, in, the Nile turning into blood. Um, the last verse, seven days passed after Lord had struck the Nile. Uh, I don't know uh, how long this happened. This just a statement. We could say that it was went back to being water at that point. It, it, it could have. It could not have. I don't know. But as we said before, most people say 
that this, the, the ten plagues took nine months to do. So here we pick up in chapter 8, and we have frogs all over the land. And, and as we go further into it, blood, turning water into blood is bad enough, but, uh, well, let's talk about the frogs, and you'll see what I'm, I'm talking about. <laughs> then the Lord said to Moses, Go to Pharaoh and say to him, Thus says the Lord, Let my people go that they may serve me. But if you refuse to let them go, behold, I will smite your whole territory with frogs. Okay, so we get back to the warning here uh, in the frogs. So he told Pharaoh what he was going to do. He says, I'm going to inflect this land with frogs. And then he went on to tell you in verse 3, The Nile will swarm with frogs in which they will come into your houses, into your bedrooms and on your bed and on the houses of your servants and on your, um, your people, into your ovens, into your kneading bowls. So the fro frogs will come up on you and your people and all your servants. Well, that's a lot of frogs. <laughs> and, and, and they're going to be everywhere, you know. It's just, um, I don't know. I, yeah, that's probably that's that's turning lemon in, uh, lemonade in from lemons anyway. That's uh, I if <laughs> I I live with a lady that doesn't like anything that's moves that's not supposed to move, and so <laughs> so uh, we wouldn't frogs wouldn't last very long at our house, but for sure. But anyway, okay, <clears throat> verse five. Then the Lord said to Moses, Say to Aaron, Stretch out your hand over your staff, over the rivers, the streams, and the pools, and make frogs come up on the land of Egypt. So Aaron stretched out his hand over the waters of Egypt, and the frogs came up and covered the land of Egypt. The Egyptians did the same thing with their secret arts, making frogs coming up on the land of Egypt. <clears throat> Verse 8. Then Pharaoh called for Moses and Aaron and said, Entreat the Lord that he remove the frogs from me and from my people, that I will let the people go that they may sacrifice to the Lord. Again, you know, if the, if the magicians wanted to do something, let them remove the frogs. But they didn't, but Pharaoh said, uh, I'll let them go if you'll, if you'll, if you'll uh, stop the frogs. So we have here in point two on, on the chart I gave you, the frogs, the warning was at Pharaoh's palace. It was Aaron's staff that did it. And Pharaoh's response says, I'll agree to let them go if you just stop the frogs. And uh, that's what he said in verse 9. And the, uh, excuse me, verse 8. Pharaoh called Mo Moses and Aaron and said, Entreat the Lord that he remove the frogs from me and from my people, and I will let the people go that they may sacrifice <clears throat> excuse me, unto the Lord. And Moses said to Pharaoh, the honor is yours to tell me. When shall I entreat for you <clears throat> and for your servants and your people that the frogs will be destroyed from you and your house, that they may be left only in the, the, the Nile? And then Pharaoh said, tomorrow. He says, may it be according to your word that you may know that there is no one like the Lord our God 
the frogs will depart from you and your houses and your servants and your people, and they'll only be left in the Nile. Then Moses and Aaron went out from Pharaoh, and Moses cried unto the Lord concerning the frogs which he had inflicted upon Pharaoh. The Lord did according to the word of Moses, and the frogs died out of the houses and the courts in the field. So they piled them up in heaps, and the land became foul. But, verse 15, when the Lord saw that there was relief, he hardened his heart and did not listen to them as the Lord had said. Have you ever promised to do something to the, if the Lord would do something? Did you ever renege on your promise? We'll pause for station identification. <laughs> Human nature, you know. Pharaoh wanted the frogs gone. He asked him, he said, when you want to do it? He said, tomorrow. Tomorrow it happened. They swept out the frogs. That was it. When Pharaoh got relief, he said, I'm not going to let them go. I'm not going to let your people go. Bill, they say there's a lot of foxhole conversions. There you are. Yeah. Yeah. The Lord let me. I know a, there was a guy at home. He owned a little uh, saloon, beer garden, whatever you want to call it, dive. He got real sick. Our pastor went to see him, and he said... He said, if I ever get well and get out of this place, I'll be at church. When he got well and got, got home, the first thing he did was paint the place. <laughs> he didn't ever come to church. But anyway, that, like John says, we do some things when the, when the bullets are flying, you know. Verse 16 of chapter 8. <clears throat> then the Lord said to Moses, Say to Aaron, stretch out your staff and strike the dust in the earth that it may become gnats throughout the land of Egypt. All right, that's uh, number three down there. He had no warning at all. God says, do it. And, uh, <clears throat> and so they did it. I don't know if, uh, how many of you been down to the beach and no sims start working on you. Little gnats start working. Now, I, know, I believe I'd almost rather have frogs. <laughs> but it, it's, it's, uh, it's, just, it's just one of those things. Verse 17. So they did. Aaron stretched out his hand with his staff, struck the dust of the earth, and there were gnats, O man and beast. All the dust of the earth became gnats through all the land of Egypt. Verse 18, the magicians tried with their secret arts to bring forth gnats, <coughs> but they could not. So there were gnats on man and beast. Verse 19, then the magician said to Pharaoh, this is the finger of God. But Pharaoh's heart was hardened. He did not listen to them as the Lord had said. So gnats, a lot of times when we're Talking about this, there, they, we just got one, two, three, four, five verses that we talk about the nets. 
sometimes the gnats are forgotten. Verse 20. <clears throat> now the Lord said to Moses, Rise early in the morning. Present yourself before Pharaoh as he comes out to the water and say to him, Thus says the Lord, Let my people go that they may serve me. For if you do not let my people go, behold, I will send swarms of flies on you and on your servants and on the people and on your houses, and the houses of the Egyptians will be full of swarms of flies and on the ground, also the ground on which they dwell. So he went to the Nile, as, as uh, he said, Pharaoh, the warning was at the Nile. He said, this is what I'm going to do. <clears throat> we don't have anything said about a staff, so there was no staff used in this particular case. So <clears throat> in, in, uh, in verse 22, but on that day I will set apart the land of Goshen where my people are living so that no swarm of flies will be there in order that you may know that I, the Lord, am in the midst of the land. I will put a division between my people and your people, and tomorrow this will occur. Verse 24, Then the Lord did so, and there came great swarms of flies into the house of Pharaoh and the house of his servants, and the land was laid waste because of the swarms of flies in all of the land of Egypt. Pharaoh called for Moses and Aaron and said, Go sacrifice to the Lord within the land. So we, we, we see here in verse 4, our, our fourth uh, plague here, flies, was at the Nile, no staff used. And, but Pharaoh's response says, You can go, but do it within the land. Stay in Egypt. You can go to sacrifice within Egypt. Verse 26 but Moses said, It is not right to do so, for we will sacrifice to the Lord our God what is an abomination to the Egyptians. If we sacrifice it, what is an abomination to the Egyptians before their eyes, they, will they not stone us? Uh, we must go a three days journey into the wilderness and sacrifice to the Lord our God as he commands us. And Pharaoh said, I will not let you go that you may sacrifice to the Lord your God in the wilderness. Only you shall not go very far away. Make supplication for me. Then Moses said, Behold, I'm going out from you, and I shall make a supplication to the Lord that the swarms of flies may depart from Pharaoh, from his servants, and from his people tomorrow. Only do not let Pharaoh deal deceitfully again in telling in not letting the people go to sacrifice to the Lord. Verse 30. So Moses went out from Pharaoh and made supplication to the Lord. The Lord did as Moses asked and removed the swarms of flies from Pharaoh uh, and from his servants and from his people. Not one remained. But Pharaoh hardened his heart at this time also, and he did not let the people go. Chapter 9, verse 1. Yes, sir. Come back here just a second. The New King James Version, this is a translational thing, I guess, has lice instead of gnats. Lice instead of gnats? That's sort of a big difference, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Does anybody else have something else? I, I read in a commentary that 
Yeah. Lice, I don't know, are lice and nets different? Both bad. <laughs> okay, I I don't know. I don't want either one of them, but that's that's a good point, Larry. <laughs> that's a good point. Okay, <clears throat> chapter nine, verse one. Then the Lord said to Moses, "Go to Pharaoh and speak to him. Thus says the Lord, the God of the Hebrews: Let my people go, that they may serve me." For if you refuse to let them go and continue to hold them, behold, the land of the Lord will come with a very severe pestilence on your livestock which are in the field, on your horses, on your donkeys, on your camels, on your herds, and on the flocks. But the Lord will make a distinction between the livestock of Israel and the livestock of Egypt, so that nothing will die of all that belongs to the sons of Israel. The Lord set a definite time, saying, Tomorrow the Lord will do this thing in the land. <coughs> so the Lord did this thing the next day, and all the livestock of Egypt died, but one of but of the sons of the excuse me, but of the livestock of the sons of Israel not one died. Pharaoh sent, and behold, there was not even one of the livestock of Israel dead, but the heart of Pharaoh was so hardened. He did not let the people go. So here again in our little chart, death of the livestock, he warned them that was going. There was no staff that was used, and they refused. To, he still refused to let them go. Verse 8 of chapter 9. Then the Lord says to Moses and Aaron, Take for yourselves a handful of soot from the kill, and let Moses throw it toward the sky in the sight of Pharaoh. It will become fine dust over the land of Egypt, and it will become boils breaking out on sores of man and of beast throughout all the land of Egypt. What does it say, Larry, in verse 9? Does this call it boils? That's that's same business, same business. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's that's close enough. <laughs> okay, <clears throat> verse ten. So they took soot from soot from the kill, and stood before Pharaoh. And Moses threw it toward the sky, and it became boils, breaking out with sores on man and beast. The magicians could not stand before Mo Moses because of the boils, for the boils were on the magicians as well as on all the Egyptians. Excuse me. Well, you get the point. <laughs> uh, uh, verse 12, And the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart, and he did not listen to them, just as the Lord had spoke to Moses. Then the Lord said to, Mo uh, the Lord said to Mo Moses, Rise up early in the morning and stand before, before Pharaoh and said to him, Thus says the Lord, the God of the Hebrews, let my people go that they may serve me. Verse 14, for this time I will send my plagues on you and your severed and on your people that you may know that there is no one like me in all the earth. For if by now I had put forth my hand and struck you and your people with pestilence, you would have been cut off from the earth. But indeed, for this reason, I have allowed you to remain in order to show my power in all uh, my power in order to proclaim my name through all the earth. 
still you exalt yourself again against my people by not letting them go. I'm reminded of when we studied in, in, in Daniel and that, that uh, Nebuchadnezzar, you know, uh, he was very boastful and the Lord told him, you know, you're going to wind up in the field and eating grass and so forth and so on and basically lost his mind. They kept him in the palace and when he came back, he says, you know, there's no, there's no God like the God of heaven. And there is no God like the God of heaven. Uh, and this same thing is true today. And here he, he says, he says, this is the reason I've allowed you to remain, to show my power, to proclaim my name throughout all the earth. Oh, me. Okay. Well, it's time for me to stop. So we'll pick up um, verse, well, I don't know where Art's going to pick up. <laughs> But we'll stop with the um, with the plague of the boils, and uh, and Art can pick up next week uh, there. Um, when we get to the death of the firstborn, we institute the uh, the uh, uh, the Passover, and we're going to camp there a little bit because that has a lot of significance of uh, of what the Lord has done in our lives. Thank you. Hope you have a great day, a great week, and uh, let's pray. Father, we thank you for everything you are to us, and we thank you for loving us and being with us. I thank you that you told Moses, write it down, and he wrote it in a book, and we hold it in our very hands today. Father, thank you that we know the power of Almighty God, that you're the God of heaven and you're the God of the earth and everything in the earth. Father, bless us as we go from this place, but bless the further service. Everything that's said, done, sung, prayed, Lord, just be with it. And when we leave here today, we can say it's been good to be in God's house.